Welcome back. In this week's episode, we discuss the tragic passing of Queen Elizabeth II and the end of an era. We discuss Biden's evil speech, declaring half the country evil MAGA Republicans who are against democracy. And we discuss the problem in California with electric cars. I'm Luke. And I'm Rody. And this is the Right Side of the Congress podcast. Brody, how was your weekend? My weekend was good. It was, it was uh, great. I was in the city, uh, hanging out with some friends. Uh, it, was, it was very nice. That's good. It's good. It's good. Awesome. All right. So we have to get to our topics. We are running on a tight clock today. But before we continue, I do want to let you know that in order to continue producing this content, we're going to need your help, dear listener. We need you to hit that like button, share it with all your friends, and subscribe to the channel. In addition to that, you can hit the bell for notifications to be notified of our latest uploads when when we upload every week. In addition to being on YouTube, we're also on platforms like Spotify, Apple, Google, etc. Everywhere where you can find your favorite podcasts. So please look for us there as well and give us a five-star rating or the equivalent of that on your platform of choice. We worked hard on this episode, so we hope you enjoy Anyways, now on to topic number one, which is, of course, the unfortunate passing of Queen Elizabeth II. And uh, it's interesting because as American Israelis, it's kind of, well, how do you look at this? How, how does one look at this when they don't, they don't really want a monarch? You, know? <laughs> so it's like, how does you mean the English don't want a monarch? No, not the English. Like, I wouldn't want a monarch. Like, if I, like I'm an American. So I, I mean, it's, it's, like it's more part. of like formal. It's not. It's more formality, and it's less of like actual policy than from. I mean, yeah, she technically, like, really technically, she has power, and she wants. She can disband the parliament and bring back the Commonwealth, uh, all the other countries back. But she's. Uh, sorry, not she. The monarch <laughs> wouldn't do that. But that's the thing. That's the thing. I think her true power is her ability is as a cultural figure. That's her true power. Her power is that everyone respects, everyone respected the queen. And now uh, King Charles, I suppose, everyone is now going to look at England through the lens of King Charles. England's reputation is, is, is put squarely on its king and queen, right? That's, that's the reality. They're the head of state. They are the the people that they go and they they do diplomacy. That's really what they're there for. I mean, and, but they're also a conservative force in the country. They keep everything together. Yeah, yeah, no, I, they seem very like traditional conservative. Right. So you know, they like they they're not. If you if you ask anyone who's British, right, and talk to any Brit, you know they they like the Queen, or most Brits do. And and the very simple reason is as follows. They may have their policy differences with their fellow countrymen, but the reality is, is that for them, as far as they're concerned, it's nice that they have a head of state who's beyond the partisan partisanship, right? Someone who just likes England and works tirelessly for the English people. You know, where we're talking about people who who go to war for Britain, like the kids are all like 
in the army, you, you know, in that those types of positions. And then they go and they represent Britain abroad and they speak very well. And so, but the thing about the queen is that she was, you know, people say bad things about the queen. And, and we've seen a lot of this on Twitter, especially you know, the left really hates the royal family. But the thing about the Queen Elizabeth is that she actually served her country during World War II, not as a queen, but she was she was one of the royal household and she worked very closely with the people during World War II. So, yeah, no, I think a lot of people uh, respect her as a head of state. And I would have to say, I guess I do, too. You know, there's something nice about a head of state who's not playing petty politics. Yeah, no, it's uh, very nice to see. I remember, like, my friend was telling me, like, just how much power she has, like, technically. Um, like, for example, he was talking about how, like, when you buy property in England, you're you're technically buying it from the Queen because she owns all the land in, in the UK. And so I was like, wait, so if she wants, she can buy it back from you? He's like, I mean, he's like, technically if she really wants to yes but she's not going to so i'm like he's like the only way it goes back to the queen is if let's say you know uh you can't afford to or let's say like you die and then you know you don't have a a kid to take it over and then the bank doesn't want to take the property back then then it will go back to the queen or something i don't know very interesting but it's more than that though like think about think about um According to British law, the only person that doesn't need a driver's license is the queen. And it's for a technical reason. The reason is that the queen is the one that issues driver's license. Oh, my God. (laughs) So she can't issue a driver's license to herself. So she just doesn't need a driver's license. I mean, also, I mean, she's probably not driving. She's being driven around. No, but technically, if she wanted to drive a car, she wouldn't. Or now, 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 the king does. That's so, really so. funny. I didn't think of that. Oh wow. Yeah, but that's that's kind of like well, where passport because the... she's also issuing the passport. Yeah, so she doesn't have a passport. But like for other countries, though, like that's the thing. It's like the thing is with the driver's license. That's like within the country, so it's like because it's her country. But if you're going to other countries that don't follow your rules then I would assume like you do need a passport because in order to get into those countries, unless, you know, so I, you would, you would assume, but the thing is, is that who doesn't know that if you don't let the queen of England into your country, you're essentially declaring war on England. Like that's, <laughs> that's the thing. So it's like passports are for like the little people. They're not for the people that show up in, in private jets. Like even then, like, I'm just wondering if they would do the same thing for other flight. Probably. Yeah. But you know, that's, but she is the most, the royal family of England is the most recognizable royal uh, family in the world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're, they're easily the most recognizable. So, uh, yeah. Do you think, I mean, do you think this was, is going to change anything, you know, economically or, you know, as such in the world? I don't think it's going to change anything economically. What I think might happen is if you, you change the monarch, right, let's say let's say King Charles, right, he goes and he starts making a mess of things, England's reputation abroad will, will falter, right? Whereas if King Charles, he does a very good job, it might improve, right? 
there are a lot of people saying that King Charles just does not have what it takes to fill Elizabeth Elizabeth's shoes, as it were. At the same time, uh, it's probably going to be a very short monarch also, because he's old. He is very old. Um, I'm actually kind of looking for, uh, what's his name, Prince William? The one who's married to Kate Middleton? Yeah. I'm looking forward to him taking the throne, actually. That would be kind of neat. Why? Because I he, he looks like a respectable human being. He looks like he's a serious person. Mm. All right, well, I guess we'll see. Like, he married a good girl. I think Kate Middleton's a very good girl. Uh, you know, um, Harry was is kind of a degenerate. Uh, he's uh, a bit of a he's a bit of a loser. Well, he, he got Meghan Markle. He, I mean, he can't become king anymore. He was uh, I wouldn't say dethroned. Um, what's the word? Um, he was disowned. He was, yeah, something he, like that. He abdicated his right to rule. He was he's he's essentially he's not in the royal family anymore. No, but in general, like no one likes Prince Harry anymore because he's kind of a degenerate and. His wife sits there and badmouths the queen all the time, or used to. Now I suppose she has to shut up. Although the worst thing she could do is start badmouthing the queen now. Mm-hmm. All right. But it's crazy. Like my entire life, Queen Elizabeth was the queen of England. Yeah, I thought she was never going to die. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was, I was, I was thinking I'd be telling my kids about like how. Elizabeth is gonna outlast all of us. Oh, it was really funny. I was speaking to one of my friends, and she's she's like, she's like, oh, she died. Like I thought she was already dead. <laughs> Unbelievable! <laughs> Unbelievable! Yeah, no, but uh, to the longest lasting Queen of England, the oldest Queen of England, and you know, someone who I guess shaped the world. She was a very powerful figure. You know, we salute you, Queen Elizabeth, even though, you know, we're a bunch of revolutionary scum Americans. We, uh, we respect it. We respect the Queen, you know? And, uh, hey, hey, listen, you know, hopefully uh, King Charles will do a good job, fill no shoes. And if not, we have Prince William to look forward to. Anyways, that's topic number one. Topic number two we have to talk about. This is, this is kind of what you have to talk about this. There's no way around it. This is... This is something that everyone was talking about last week. Um, Biden made a very evil speech last week. Yeah, how so? It was, well, it kind of reminded me of that scene from The Force Awakens where that Nazi guy, where the redhead ginger Nazi guy was yelling at all those stormtroopers. It looks so evil. Oh, my God. And then you have, like, the, the two soldiers in the background. Like... It really, like, really, I think he was going for red because you also see blue in the background. So I think he was going for red, blue, and white, but just bad, bad choice of <laughs> color. <laughs> oh my well, god! Well, that's the thing. It was going for the American flag. It's just it wasn't. Whatever intern decided, <laughs> whatever, whatever it needs to be fired. This was, <laughs> yeah. this was just so bad unless they were doing it on purpose which i'm beginning to think they were because you cannot see that and be like oh that's not evil what, uh, uh republican uh intern uh sabotaging the speech by changing the color no i, th- no, I think it was a democrat taking the piss i think it was very lazy writing from the from the authors i think that i think this season of Biden's presidency is getting a bit lazy. They're not being very <laughs> subtle with how evil he is. He's just—they're just—they're they're letting it all go. It's Last time like, on uh, 
Biden's adventures, we left our heroes or villain. Uh, <laughs> it's like in The Boys where it turns out that the main character is actually the villain. Yeah. So, Sorry, spoiler I mean, alert. It's funny because like you learn it's basic like media and like film uh like it's it's literally basic um you know knowledge that you know colors have meaning and that you know movies will put color in their movies to portray certain emotions so like whoever you would have to have like been working in media or studying media to be working on the set you know for this speech so it's basic knowledge that you should know that like red represents you know like the evil or anger you know stuff like that so it's that's why in star wars the, the bad guys always have red lightsaber exactly exactly so right. it's a big blunder on their part because it's, it's basic knowledge that colors have meaning but so. i don't think it was a blunder that's the thing i think it i don't think the person who made that decision was trying to convince trump supporters to vote for joe biden of course not. i think the Right. I think what they were trying to do is they were trying to rally the supporters. That's what I think they were trying to do. It's interesting because Joe Biden in the speech said that the MAGA Republicans, what was it Joe Biden said about MAGA Republicans? He basically said that MAGA Republicans are a threat to democracy. Never mind the fact that America is not a democracy. We're a constitutional republic. And uh, they're not the same thing and they shouldn't be treated treated the same. Fair enough, right? But How do you he, he kind of what you want to just give a brief of how well democracy is well democracy is like rule of the people right so technically anything that goes it's democracy is uh two two wolves and a sheep voting for what's for dinner right um Okay. (laughs) okay right but a constitutional republic is much more of there's democratic elements but fundamentally the power there's it's it's more about rule by law not rule by the people there's no democracy versus oligarchy versus monarchy it's all about who rules right but when it comes to a constitutional republic the rule really is the law that is the law right and there's a there's a body of law that is set and no one can change it except for like in certain rare instances or there's certain procedures so you can't just vote like oh we vote this guy off the island it doesn't work that way right yeah. Right. So that's what a constitutional republic is. But for, ignoring that distinction for a second, Joe Biden said, like, MAGA Republicans are a threat to, a demo- to the democracy of the United States, which we're not, but whatever. Um, but he, then he made distinction between, like, moderate Republicans, MAGA Republicans. But here's the thing. Most Republicans, and when I say most, I mean, like, an overwhelming majority, like 97% of Republicans support Donald Trump. So that would make them MAGA, essentially. Yeah. So essentially, he said half the country is a threat to democracy. This is a, a lot of people were comparing it to a war speech, actually. Uh huh. Right. So you you got you got the you got heightened heightened uh, tensions between the two main factions in the country. You've got Antifa destroying everything in the summer of love in twenty twenty. You had a guy who literally walked up to a Trump supporter, shot him right in the stomach, point blank. That's terrible. A couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah that, was, that happened a couple years that. ago. Yeah. And remember, not a single person on either side trusts all the elections. 
whether it's the Democrats who don't trust the 2016 election or the 2000 election, or you have the Republicans that don't trust the 2020 election. I'm not saying whether they're right or wrong. I'm just saying that's the reality. The elections in this in the United States are compromised because no one believes the results of the elections. Mm-hmm. If your guy wins, it's the democratic process. If your guy loses, it's the Russians or it's the Chinese or it's the Germans or it's the Israelis or the Jews or whatever it is, right? Um, there's always someone to blame, although I suppose the Jews, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be out of character to blame the Jews for anything. Um, uh. No, but, but you understand what I'm saying. Like, it, yeah, we don't have it. elections, right? We don't have elections. So Joe Biden making this speech where he essentially calls half the country a threat to democracy that's a war speech, and it wasn't lost on the people at MSNBC, and it wasn't lost on the people at CNN, and that's why they were running all these, uh, you know, pieces and, you know, segments where they were talking about war speech. That was the thing people were talking about, war speech. So, do you think there's going to be a civil war? No, I don't think there's going to be a civil war. At all. I, I kind of think civil war is already happening. There might be a civil war, but not in the sense of what you're thinking. There's not going to be like, I don't think there's going to be like a battle. There's not going to be a battle at all. No, no. When people say the civil war, they're referring to the American civil war. But the American civil war is actually quite interesting because most civil wars do not happen like the American civil war. It's usually what, like culturally and socially more than than physical battle. No, no, no. What's interesting about the American Civil War is that the country already had these kind of ways to fragment itself through the state system. And because in the olden days, I'm sure there's some remnant of this. But back in the day, the army was not a unified thing. It was each state had their own militia. Right. So when the states split up, right. There were already standing armies on both sides. Yeah. Today, it's different. Well, they're, each state doesn't have a militia, but the entire country has a military. I think, no, I think they still, the National Guard is considered like the militia. Oh, I don't know. But no, I, I, I think I get it, though. It's, it's going to be much more like guerrilla warfare, assaults with, with different groups, factionalism. So, like, you might have, like, Antifa on one side, Proud Boys on the other. That's what's going to yeah, happen. But, I don't know. More like a gang war. Yeah, but it's, yeah. Although the thing is, is that wars typically, again, watch Tim Pool. I'm really just saying what Tim Pool is saying. War is not done on the battlefield anymore. War is much more done informationally. It's about having superior propaganda, having superior optics. It's about having control of the narrative. So. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, but I think we're already in a civil war. And the fact that Joe Biden makes the speech confirms, I think anyone who is in doubt needs to look at this speech and go, hmm, you know, maybe we are in a civil war. Maybe maybe it's getting pretty bad out here. I mean, I think it's pretty bad. I don't think it's going to, you know, break down to a war. But, I mean, obviously, the, the country is divided in some way. Yeah, I mean, I would just, I would just remember this. Like, just think about it this way. There, half the country is convinced that the other half of the country is voting for bad things. Like, think about it. Like, when, when, uh, when the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, right? Think about how many people 
thought that Republicans were coming after women. It wasn't that they disagreed on a policy. It wasn't even that they, they felt they were shoving religion down their throat. It's they felt that there were half the country was oppressing women. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So that's what we're looking at at the moment. I mean, it's not like a new observation. It's just this is this is a wartime speech made by a wartime president when the presidency itself is about a whip. Right. In 2016, the Republicans won the presidency and they had Donald Trump for four years. And now the Democrats won. Now, you can say they won unfairly in the Senate. And that's a, OK. That's a different question. But I'm saying regardless of who won fair and square, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about on the ground who actually won. No one can debate it was the Democrats because the Democrats are in power. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, this is this is this is a we're in a time when the presidency is essentially like king of the hill. It's not about who's like who has the best position, and it's much more just which party can finagle their way into power. And we're seeing this in real time. And this is this is what Biden is doing with the with the bully pulpit, as it were. Well, yeah, it was an evil speech, but, you know, it's important to know what he did. Yeah. What do you think about what CNN did? What? What do you think about what CNN did when they tra- changed the color? <laughs> oh, that was hilarious. They, they, they were actually changing the color of the background as he was speaking on CNN. <laughs> this is incredible. That was uh, some of the most naked partisanship I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, they you know probably, they like, Yeah. You know that, I think it was either CNN or the New York Times, you know that they would tint Donald Trump's skin more orange to kind of make him the evil orange man? <laughs> yeah, because I'm telling you, color, you know, conveys meaning. And no, so... I, I, that's definitely true, but it's funny because they would accuse him of being the evil orange man, but how much of the evil orange man was just because they tinted his skin more orange? They made his well, spray tan more fake. They just made it, they just exaggerated it. So, like, yeah, he has a tan, and he's, that's why, you know, people say he's the orange man, but it's not, like, really, like, orange. So I guess they would change it to make it, you know, more orange. Yeah, I mean, listen, if you're, like, 70 years old and you show up on... Here's the secret about television. Most people on television, even the men, wear makeup. Oh, of course. It's a given. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. I'm kind of shocked (coughs) that no one points this out because the reality is, is that while it's true that Trump has like a fake tan, the reality is it's probably more because he's on television all the time and you just need makeup to look good on television because of all the lights that are necessary. Well, I mean, you don't need you don't need a tan to, I mean, makeup, yeah, you do wear, but you don't need a tan. The tan is probably, the, the tan is probably separate from being on TV. Um, okay, but it's not, it's not that crazy. It's not like a crazy tan. I'm sure if you met Donald Trump in person, he'd still look mostly white. Probably. Yeah. It's not such a crazy tan. Like, they exaggerated how orange he is. But I think the, the, the key thing here is, is how, I guess the key of this discussion is how the the images and the media they they shape the discussion. There are a lot of, um, I guess this has to do with 
were, did we speak about this before where there's the factual and there's the super factual, right? Uh, do you want to explain it again? Yeah, so there, the, the, I, I consider, I was thinking about this and I was, there are three types of things, right? There's the not factual. There are things that are just not true, right? If let's say you say two plus two equals five, it's just not true, not factual, right? Yeah. Then there's the factual, right? Two plus two equals four, <clears throat> right? That's factual. Right. But then the super factual is something beyond two plus two equals four. It's like, uh, I don't know. If you have uh, two, two quarters and you get another two quarters, you could buy a cup of coffee. That's the super factual. That's how people think about two plus two equals four. Right. Okay. I guess. I don't really understand it, but okay. Basically, this, the factual are the, the facts and the figures. They're the things okay. that are very provable, but the superfactual, the things that people know that okay, are true. So it's like two plus two equals, so two plus two, two quarters plus two quarters, which would equal a dollar. Okay. Can buy you a cup of coffee, you're saying. Right. It's, it's what the value of two plus two equals four is, right? It's what that means. Right. Okay. Right. Even if it's not, it's not factual necessarily in the sense that it's not purely like, like facts what you can do with the information. It's not only what you could do with the information, it's the emotions and the feelings, right? It's what does two plus two equals four mean to you? What does a cup of coffee mean to you? Right. Does a cup of coffee mean like a good time spent with friends? Is it what gets you out of bed in the morning? Like that's, that's what very the philosophical. It, well, that's the point, right? The point of the, the imagery, right? It's not. Yes. There are certain things that are true about the Biden administration and the Trump administration. And it's all well and good. But if you just start citing facts and figures, you're not going to convince anyone to vote for your candidate. It's about the narrative. It's about the story, right? That's why Biden, using the background that he did, it's very important, right? It's why Trump won in 2016 because... Yes, Trump could have started rattling off facts and figures about the difference between like 1970 and now, but he, he told a story about how America was great and then it, it fell out of favor and we're going to make America great again. Yeah. Yeah, that's the super factual. It's the narrative. It's the overarching story. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Right? It's the, it's the difference between... It's the difference between analyzing the Genesis story. You know, like the Genesis story where God creates the universe? Yeah. It's the difference between analyzing the Genesis story literally and saying God created light and darkness on the first day versus understanding that the Genesis story has a more esoteric meaning that's much more important than how the world was actually created in, rea in reality. Right? That's the difference between the factual and the superfactual. Uh-huh. It's very interesting. Right? So, yeah. So, I guess that's topic number two. In terms of topic number three, let's talk about gas-powered cars and why uh, California is flunking on gas-powered cars. Do you want to tell me what I showed you today? So, earlier, uh, before, uh, Luke showed me a picture of someone charging their Tesla with a gas-powered uh, generator. Which, by the way, wasn't the only picture. There were, like, lots of pictures. Oh, uh, yeah, there are a lot. 
was like it was I didn't realize what was like happening, like why people were doing that. I mean, would you like to explain it? People? Yeah, yeah. But so first first I, I wanna I wanna point out that, you know, in the in already I see like the first thing was pick of gas generator charging Tesla, like Snopes.com fact check. Of course the fact checkers are gonna sit there and be like no, no no what you what you're seeing doesn't make sense it, it, it's all a lie your eyes deceive you trust the fact checkers um no no, no. obviously not it, your eyes are not fooling you there are gas generators charging teslas on the highway in california and it's for a very simple reason because uh california is currently burning the candle on both ends really how so basically, California started banning the sale of cars, of gas-powered cars, by 2035. So we have 13 years to buy a gas-powered car before the gas comes to, before they close the valve, as it were. Um, very interesting. Yes. Are they uh, the but only on the state other doing hand, that? To my knowledge, yes. I mean, if you have a different... If you have a different state doing that, then let me know. But as it stands, California is the only one banning the sale of gas-powered vehicles by 2035. On the other hand, they're also banning things like nuclear power plants. They want to rely Why? completely on... Okay, so let's explain, right? <laughs> let's so many explain. questions. Right, so many questions. So there's a lot of people out there who think Tesla car equals green energy equals gooder for the environment. Right. And on a certain level, that is true. Let, let's be honest. It is better for the environment if the energy coming out of the car is electric and it's not gas necessarily because it matters also where it is. Right. Like, think about if everyone's driving a gas car in a city instead of it spewing like fumes, it's like it's doing it somewhere else. And in the city, it's a lot cleaner air. Let's be honest. Right. That's probably. I don't know if that's true, but it, it sounds like it could be true. Just just from like, I don't know if it's true, but it just sounds true. You know what I mean? So I think on some level, yeah, it probably is true. If we switch to electric cars, we probably are helping at least our environment. So in that respect, like, okay, fine, that's great. But the problem is, is that electric cars themselves use gas, right? Yes. And so there's a lot of people that think like, oh, if we have a gas problem in the United States because of, you know, what's going on in Ukraine and Russia and how they stop the pipeline, whatever, then let's just switch to electric cars. Let's, right, but they don't realize that that's not how that works. They don't realize, it just, it moves the onus onto the power plants, but it doesn't, it doesn't change the amount of gas. In fact, it might make it more. I'm sure if you did the math, it might be more. It might use a different type of energy. It's not green energy. Yeah, and then you're just putting strain on the gas system. Right. So a lot of a lot of people actually in California, they're having they're having problems with blackouts in California. And then there were a bunch of uh, these smart cooling systems uh, in California, like these smart ACs that just shut off power because the governor ordered them to shut off power. God. And think about it in the summer in California. Think about how hot it can be in California. Yeah. Like it's like peak sea. Well, it's it's almost the end of summer, but it still is summer, right? So that that's the that's the issue, right? You're you're burning the candle at both ends. The the thing about 
the thing about this is that if they if they had nuclear power plants, if this was done by, I wouldn't even necessarily have a problem with getting rid of gas cars if they were doing it intelligently. Because let's face it, if you live in a city, it is nice to not be breathing in fumes. That's just the reality, right? I'm not against regulating things if a regulation will actually help someone, right? I don't believe that, like, I don't believe in this philosophy of get off my lawn at all costs. If you live in the city, people are on your lawn. That's the reality. So you got to regulate things so you're not stepping on each other's toes. That's just, that is just the nature of a big city. So if a place like Los Angeles or San Francisco wants to ban gas cars and they have the infrastructure to do so and they know how to do it and they know what they're going to need in order to make sure that everyone's driving electric, now, that's not a problem. But the problem is, is it seems it's more ideological than practical. And we can see that because they, they don't know how to do it properly. The proper way to do this would be to generate electricity with nuclear. That's the best form of green energy. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. But the reason why they're not going after green energy in that way, and they're doing things like uh, solar panels and windmills, which, by the way, also hurt the environment. The windmills interrupt the birds. They kill a lot of birds. And they're just unsightly, and they give people headaches. The reason why they're, they're doing all these alternative forms of power is because with nuclear, we don't have to suffer. We can continue using energy with nuclear. We could generate much, much more energy, and we could be much, much more wasteful. But with things like solar panels and uh, with wind energy, there, there's a certain level of giving you have to do. You have to sacrifice, right? And that's what they want. That's what these people want. This was pointed out in the Lotus Eaters, by the way. I'm not making this up. This is, this is, a, this is a theory they came up with, and I, I, I'm inclined to agree with that. Yeah, no, uh, it's, it's definitely a dilemma that they're going through. So that you're burning things on both ends. So you... You can't do one without the other. Right, yeah. So I'm just curious as to... Because now they're trying to get it to punish people for leaving California. Because so many people are leaving California to go to Texas, Florida, other places, right? What punishment? So they're trying to, like a fee or something? No, what they're trying to do is they're trying to say, like, you still owe taxes to California for, like, a couple of years after leaving. So, like, you can't are leave serious? and get out of paying... Yeah. That is total BS, okay? Trying to keep this PG here. It doesn't matter if California legislates that they're going to punish people for leaving. That's the reality. That but as it stands so right now, BS. That, well, that, that, that's the reality. California is a nightmare because people in California, here's the thing about California. I'm sure there are some really, really smart people in California, like all two of you. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe you're the absolute chads listening to this show from California. And to that, I say, congratulations. Now get the F out of California. Because <laughs> it seems that, no, but no, because it seems like California is not interested in actually doing anything important. They're interested in the ideology, the cult. They're not interested in, you know, actually solving the climate crisis. Right. Which by the way, I think just as a matter of like, I don't think it's urgent, but yeah, I, I like when the climate is nice. I like when, you know, the air is fresh and crisp and clean and, you know, there's less noise and, you know, I like when saving power. I like, I like the environment, right? I don't like when there's trash on the floor. I think if you were honestly interested in solving the problem, Republicans and Democrats could get together on, for example, cleaning the ocean, right? 
there probably is some sort of solution for cleaning the ocean, not necessarily from government, but just as a reality, there there probably does need to be some sort of uh, solution to the ocean problem. There's a lot of trash. You know, the, not the just eighth, trash. The eighth continent of the world, or to that one? Not just trash. I don't even think that's the problem. I think it's the microplastics that are in the water. Yes, and then the fish are eating them, and then you eat the fish, and then you're basically consuming the plastic yourself. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a big issue, right? I'm totally Huge solving issue. that. Right, we're stewards of the earth. We're supposed to be solving this. But for Democrats, I don't think it's about solving the issue. It's about prostrating to the sun god. And so you have this issue of that's why they're doing this, because they're not interested in solving problems. They're interested in, in, in making people suffer. Similar to how you might afflict yourself on Yom Kippur, which is coming up. You might afflict yourself by not wearing shoes, and you might not eat, and you might not you know, do certain things. But uh, when it comes to this religion, they afflict yourself by saying, oh, you need to turn off the AC, or you need to do this, or you need to do that. Oh, you need to buy the electric car. You need to eat the bugs. You need to, you know, drink the sewage, uh, you know, for the planet. Live in the pod. Don't own things. Be happy, you know? That's kind of what they're doing. And uh, we're seeing this right now. We're seeing the out- outcome of this ideology where it's much more interested in just doing the thing and not actually solving any problems. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, that's our show for today. Thank you for watching. Thank you for joining us. If you want to follow our content, you can uh, watch our show on YouTube or rumble, or you can follow us on all your favorite podcast platforms. If you want to reach out, feel free to reach out on Instagram or YouTube at the, at the right side of the compass. And uh, we look forward to seeing you guys next time.